0: Hello to all the listeners. Today we will be studying Hilchot Shabbat, Perek the 25th chapter of Hilchot Shabbat, Ishne Torah. So I will just start by a quick mm-hmm. introduction to our chapter. Um, after studying in the previous chapter that there was an Isur, there was a prohibition to hold or carry certain objects on Shabbat, in this chapter we will see different rules and conditions, the Hachamim had on all kinds of different objects so our chapter our current chapter has nine parts and i will list them to make things easier in the organization of uh, in in terms of organizing the ideas just quickly i'll go through the nine different um types of um subjects our chapter deals with the first one is kelim, different vessels instruments objects that hold in them other things such as liquids foods or other objects the second one is haqsa haqsa any object that is not an instrument or a vessel, not a keli, and does not have any specific use is mukseh. Um, the third thing is broken objects. We will see about that in our chapter. The fourth is covers for kelim, covers for vessels. We will see about that as well. Um, fifth part, fifth um, subject our chapter deals with is the tiltul of objects, is the carrying of objects that are allowed to be carried but are not on top of a prohibited object, but are on top of a prohibited object. Um, next thing we will be looking at is in, in regard to foods. So any food that is fit for human con- for consumption, whether human or animal, is allowed to be carried on Shabbat. However, foods that are unfit for human consumption are not to be carried. Seventh thing we will be dealing with is hachana preparation. Things that are not objects, not kilim, there was not vessels or instruments, and are thus not allowed to be carried, will be allowed to be carried if from Ayab Shabbat they were set aside for use. We will obviously, all these the things in am we will see more on in this chapter. This is just like, you know, the introduction, introductory remarks. Um, the eighth thing is, bitul kelim khano, canceling a vessel or instrument from its main usage is prohibited. More on that a little later. The ninth and last subject that our chapter will be dealing with is other than the prohibition of using animals for work. It is also prohibited to carry them by picking them up and moving them. However, pushing them in a, cer- to a certain place is muta, um, And we will see more rules and conditions on all of the aforementioned in the following chapter. So um, let's start. Halakha Aleph. So there are instruments or vessels, and I'll just use the Hebrew word kelim from now on. So any anytime I say kelim, we're talking about an instrument or a vessel that holds things in it or has a specific use that is allowed. We will say, well, it has some specific use. So there are instruments that they're, um use is an allowed use, is a permitted use. And these are and these are kelim that um, their specific use is permitted on Shabbat, such as a cup to drink in, or a bowl to eat with, or a knife to cut meat, or an axe to break nuts, etc. Halachabit. However, there are also vessels, there are also Kelim, that their main use is a prohibited use. And these types of Kelim are Kelim that we are, and, and that is a keli that is prohibited to use, on, that its main, sorry, the main usage of it is prohibited. And this is, for example, hadam brings, Makhtesh Different types of instruments of, for gr- used for grinding or crushing. Um, as we know, it is prohibited to grind or crush on Shabbat. So this is what we call keli leisur, a instrument or vessel that its main use is a prohibited one. Halakha gimen kol keli Any keli that melakhto that its main use is permitted. Ben so, any instrument, any keli that is that is mil- headed, mil- 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 whether it was for wood or from clay or from stone or from metal, it is permitted to carry that keli on Shabbat. Whether it's for the keli itself, okay, what we call bishvil asmoshela keli. And this terminology is important to remember. We have three different types of carrying of an object. So the first one is, which is for the protection of the vessel itself. Okay, We will see more on this in the next halacha. Or if it's, for the place which that specific keli is taking up. So for example, you have a, pro- a prohibited keli on a table and you need that table to eat. So, you, so that is what we call So you may carry a Or if it's to use that keli for its specific usage or for a different use um, that may not be its classic type of use. So I'm just going to go over this because this is important rules that define that we'll need to understand for the rest of our chapter. So in other words uh, uh kelly that its main use, its classical use is an allowed one, one that is this permitted, maybe moved, maybe carried, whether it's for the protection of the Kelly itself, whether it's for the place of the Kelly, or whether it's for using that Kelly. Now, the any Kelly that it's that its classical use is a prohibited one, or shel or whether it was made out of wood or clay or stone or some kind of metal, taltelo, gufo, bin sorech mikomo. It is permitted to carry that type of keli for sorech gufo or sorech mikomo. For the use of the keli in a permitted way, of course, if it's a... So obviously for not for the classical use of this keli or for the place that this keli is taking up. asur. However, to protect this... Um, Kelly, we, it is prohibited to move it on Shabbat because melachto leisur. So we have this prohibition here by Hachamim. Halachad alit kesad. So Harabam is now going to be a little bit more specific. Metal teluq et ake arash la'ais leichol b'ha olishib b'mkomaha oke deshe lot ganiv v'zehu b'shvil asmo. A person may carry a wooden a wooden bowl to eat in it or to sit in its place. Or so that it does not get stolen, and this is what you call bishvil asmo bishvil asmaha Also, sorry, Let me repeat. We said at the beginning of the halakha that you may carry the to eat in it or to sit in its place, or so that it does not get stolen. For the person moving the kelly, okay. In other words, I move the kelly for myself, for my own personal want. However, if I did a tiltul, if I carried the kelly um, to protect it from the sun, or to protect it from drying and breaking, or from the rain, or for example, it was a wooden, some sort of wooden instrument object that if it were to get rained on, if it were to get too much, too humid it would um uh, it would lithpahvli pased it would um get bloated due to the absorption of the rain, the liquids and, and get ruined so this is what we call tul tul asmo shela kelli for the protection of the kelli itself and this is permitted with a keli shemilachto leheter and as we will see in the next alakha it is prohibited with a kelli shemilachto leisur vechen mitzeltelu taryhaim mutmachteshet lesher alaha egozim. also it is permitted to carry some sort of different types of instruments of grinding or crushing, like a Rehaim or Mukhteshit, to break on it a in a way that's permitted on Shabbat. Even though this Kelly is a keli isur, that its classic form of use is a prohibited form of use, because you're using it for a permitted form of use, it is permitted to carry it. Or, or, or to sleep on the Rehaim. They were big, they were big... Uh, a big wooden beam press, olive press, that you wanted to sleep on because it was a, you didn't have a bed or, or they used to use it as a bed, you may. If it was, because this is what we call the use, the Kelly itself, obviously in a permitted manner on Shabbat because even though this keli is, a, the classic use of this Kelly is, I'm repeating myself a few times because I want the, I want you guys to understand the case, the, to, to be fluent in this so that you don't get confused. Um, even though the classic use of this Kelly is it prohibited classic prohibited use um the carrying it for whatever use that is permitted is allowed on Shabbat this is called lesurkhu for which is mutar or lishav bimkomaha. okay or if you want to sit in the place of the keli this is we said lesurkh mikomoh aval eno mitaltelah keda shelo tishabar velo keda shelo tiganav vkhin kol ke'ese however a keli shelo like instruments of grinding or crushing which are uh, in, uh, which are instruments which are classical use is prohibited on Shabbat to move them for the for the purpose of um, protection like not so they don't break or they don't get stolen this is prohibited on Shabbat <laughs> and anything that does not fall under the category of keli, okay, something that does not have a specific use, and we will see um, a little bit more on that now. kevon, for like anything that is not a keli, that is not an instrument or vessel of with an apparent specific use, like stones or coins or sticks or beams of wood, it is prohibited to carry them. A large stone or a large beam of wood. A large beam of wood. Even if it's a very, very heavy beam of wood or stone. But, and it even takes 10 people to carry it. Even if it can only be carried by 10 people, which obviously means it's an extremely heavy object. As long as it has, it's an in, in instrumental use, an apparent use... For example, to lock a door, it is permitted. Torat Keli. So, this is what we call so Torat Keli. If it has Torat Keli. And what is Torat Keli? Torat Keli is something that is obvious that it is an instrument of some sort of usage and not just a random beam of wood that was put into usage. Um, and we'll see a little bit more on this a little bit later in the chapter. I skipped the line. There are also types of Kelim, types of objects, uh, types of instruments that have an apparent usage, but they were not made to be carried. And something like that is not permitted to be carried on Shabbat. So doors to, of the house, even though they are instruments of, they are Kelim, they were not made to be moved. And um, these are, we're talking about doors that were off their, that were um, not, that sorry, doors that are on their hinges, So they're made to be moved, opened and closed, but they're not made to be picked up and moved. Therefore, if they were taken off their hinges, doors, it is not permitted to pick them up and move them on Shabbat. As well, also, the sand and the dirt and the the dead body and a carcass, and mekoman, and mekoman, they are prohibited to be moved from their place. And a baby that was born prematurely on the eighth month, it was considered in those days that if the baby was born on the eighth month, he is going to die for sure. Um, now it's a little different. Um, he would also, he was considered like a stone, and he was prohibited to be moved on Shabbat. Today it is a little different because in modern medicine, with, with modern, in modern, the modern day context, uh, eight-month-old baby definitely has chances of living and therefore it is mutar to uh, do whatever needs to be done for a mal-shabbat. Halachah zayn. Mutar letaltele akeli. Afilu shelo lesorek tashmisho. Ela la'asot bom melacha shelo na'asah It is permitted to um, carry akeli shelo lesorek tashmisho. Not for its conventional use. Ela la'asot bom melacha but rather to do some sort of usage that it was not made to be used for. So for example, a person may use a hammer to break with it nuts. Now usually you would use something else to break nuts. You would use like an axe, a cardon to break it goes in. But since the hammer is usable for this, you may. And it's like, because I was saying before, is anything that the keli could be used. And that's why we can use a a object that it's classical use as a pro- prohibited use, because Although its classical use is prohibited, we can use it for something that's not its classical use, which is permitted. I'll continue. Or the cordom, or an axe, to cut with it a dried fig. um, Or a saw, to cut with it the cheese. Or a uh, rake, to rake with it figs different types of um, uh, um, uh, forks uh, type of fork an instrument of eating to give food to the children to the child even though you wouldn't use it to feed a child it's still that it's usable for that and therefore it's permitted um, is a stick that is normally used for weaving. Okay, and it can be used in order to open a jam door. The stick's exact use is not apparent to me. Um, I'm not 100% sure how it would look, but it was some sort of stick that you'd use um, to push certain things. Um, also, some sort of needle that they would use. Um, I'm not exactly sure how this looked. I'm being honest or a grinder, if you want to sit on it like a chair, in any event, the guiding rule for this whole halacha is that whatever instrument or vessel, even if its usual use is prohibited, can be used for an unconventional use that is not prohibited. And of course, if its classical use is not prohibited, it can be used also for an unprohibited use. And this is, um, like what we said in the first halakhot, that a keli that's, um, that is prohibited is not permitted to be carried for use as long as it's not in its pro- prohibited use. Okay. Also, a needle that is unharmed, that is complete and not broken in any way, Um, either the top or the bottom is still on it, not broken off it, may be carried in order to take out a splinter from somebody. However, If it was broken, it may not be carried. Also, if it was an unfinished needle that still didn't have its hole made into it, or wasn't fully um, molded into its last state, it is mutar to be carried. Any object. Okay? That the person cares about its um, that, the, that that the individual cares about its value and is very and is stringent upon it, um, so that its value does not go down. So this, uh, for for example, um, uh, uh, ke- uh, object kelim that are used for um, uh, industrial use or kelim that are very expensive and he's very and he's and the person is. Scared that they may lose their value, these kelim are not allowed to be carried on Shabbat, even if they're melachto heter. And this is what we call the zehu anikra mukse mehamat pesron kis, prohibited of carrying due to the possibility that its value will drop, um, and due to that being an issue for the individual. shel shel ashkafim aharashim. The kunasa b'samim v'chayaseh b'hem, and Har-Ban gives examples of things that were, um, that, that follow, the follow the the aforementioned condition, like a large saw, saw, or the plows, plowing blade, or the knife of the slaughterer, or the knife of the sandal maker, or the saw of the carpenter, or the small grinder of incest makers, and things like that. In any event, the guiding rule for this halacha is that anything that is either has industrial use, and the person is scared. Whether the person is makpid, he makes sh- he's, he's very careful to keep it in a good condition so that it doesn't lose its value, or something that is highly valuable, and the person is scared that it would lose its value. These are things that we call hasram and they are not permitted to be carried on Shabbat. So maybe today, a very very expensive ruby that is locked in a safe and can break if taken out. I don't. I mean, although rubies can't be broken, so maybe not such a good example. An expensive glass ornament. Okay, that the person is very scared that it may break. this what we'd say. mukse mehamat kis would be not permitted to carry due to its high value. One second, okay. Any instrument or vessel that was not permitted to be carried in Ben Hash, uh, in on on Shabbat due to it being having some prohibited, um, something prohibited about it. We'll see a little bit later. So, it is not permitted to carry. And like a candle that was lit on that was lit during, Shabbat, um, during Shabbat, or a um, candlestick that had a candle on it, or a table that had coins on it. Even if the candle was... Um, was burned out, or um, the coins fell off the table, it is prohibited to carry this these objects. Shekolkeli, because, and the reason is, this is the guiding reason for this halacha, ben letaltelo kol shabbat dabar shegaram lo Because any instrument or vessel or object that was not permitted to be carried in ben Hashem Ashot, and we said ben Hashem is the time from sunset, to ochavim, and I recommend looking at chapter 5 for more on that. So any object that was not permitted to be carried in Ben Hashem is therefore, thereby forbidden to be carried the rest of Shabbat. However, however, an object that was not touched because of its disgust, due to this, some sort of disgust, like an old um, gas candle, or some sort of um, uh, uh, something that holds feces. And, something, and things to the like, the person may carry them on Shabbat if he needs to, even though they, during Ben Shemashot they were not really touched and people wouldn't touch them, it's something most people don't want to touch, it is permitted because it didn't have, it wasn't any of the things that we said are prohibited. or Yud know any objects that um their doors or their covers came off them any sorry any objects that were mut- that were permitted to be carried on Shabbat if their doors or covers came off them okay like the doors of a tebao migdal of a uh, uh, a um a uh, uh, um, like a closet, etc. Um, whether the doors came off on Shabbat, whether they came off before Shabbat, they are permitted to be carried on Shabbat. And also, and doors, we're talking about covers also, so like a cover of a water bottle, even that's an example, etc. And any objects that are permitted to be carried on Shabbat, that broke, whether it was before Shabbat, whether it was on Shabbat, their broken their, their remnant may be carried on Shabbat. And this is in condition that they have some sort of usage. How? Know, I'm going to specify. The breaks of a big bowl can be used to cover a um, uh, a um, uh, barrel, broken glass can be used to cover a small candle, uh, a small oil container, and anything to the like. However, if the shards of a certain object, even if it was mutar to use on Shabbat, they are not usable for any apparent usage, then they are not allowed to be carried on Shabbat. Okay? Okay? So let me refine Halakha Aleph because I did not explain it well. Halakha Aleph is talking about doors of kelim. the beginning we said, Okay? That they had some sort of door that was connected to them on a hinge. Okay? Like the doors of a closet. Even if they came off on Shabbat or before Shabbat, they are allowed to be carried on Shabbat as specified in that halakha. Now we're talking about covers. So, All the covers of these instruments, vessels, or objects. Nitalim They are allowed to be carried on Shabbat vihu. And this is unconditioned. condition, she that they have a torat keli And we explain the torat keli, again, I'll repeat, is something that is obvious that it is an instrument of some sort of usage and not just a random beam of wood or something that was put into usage um, and didn't have an apparent visible Usage, okay, so again all the covers of kelim may be carried on Shabbat as long as they have Torah as long as they have a visible Usage Now we have an a little bit extra another um uh, Condition if it was a Vessel or instrument that was connected to the ground Okay Like a barrel that was buried underground. Okay. If the cover has a handle, it could be carried. However, if it does not have a handle and it's like part of the, the the vessel that is connected to the ground, it may not be carried. Also, the covers of the ground. Okay. For example, you would have a big hole in the ground. You would cover it with something. Like holes. Pits or little niches. Their covers are not are not permitted to be carried unless they have some sort of betahiza, um, a handle. Now the cover of an oven, by oven we're talking about a big furnace type of thing that would be connected to the ground, Maybe carried on Shabbat, even if it does not have a betahiza, and I will explain what we're talking about, an oven that is directly connected or planted to the ground, but it in itself is an object of its own, and therefore its cover is also an object of its own, because it's like part of it, like the covers of Kelim that are not connected to the ground. In any event, the guiding rule here, is that the covers of vessels can be carried on Shabbat whether or not they have a handle on them, as long as they have Torat keli. So the covers of regular kelim that are not connected to the ground, as long as they have Torat keli, they can be carried on Shabbat. However, if the instrument or vessel that they are covering is in the ground itself or connected to the ground, then it must have a handle that points out to this cover of being its own instrument, must have a handle more than Torat keli. Is, it's a second condition. Halakha um, yodalet. Shenei debarim. Now we're talking about things that are, are um, uh, that as I spoke in the introduction, that are something that is allowed to be um, carried and something that's not allowed to be carried. And they are um, leaning one another or one on top of another or one inside the other. So we have one of these instruments, one of these vessels is allowed to be carried on Shabbat, and one of these vessels is forbidden to be carried on Shabbat. And when you pick up one of them, the second one will be picked up by virtue of the first one being picked up. If he needed the object that was permitted to be carried on Shabbat, then he may carry it even though the object that is not permitted to be carried is being carried with it. However, if he needed to carry the thing that was not permitted, that was prohibited to be carried on Shabbat, then he may not carry it even if he uses the permitted to be carried thing to carry it with. Arab is going to specify an unripened fig that was covered by hay. There's a mistake here. And bread that was on top of hot coal. He may um, stick them with the kush and the kadkad, and I said these are like some sort of stick that you could poke things and pick them up with. So he may do that and carry them, um, even though they're on top of um, uh, of something that is not permitted to be carried. A paga, an unripened fig, may uh, may not be carried. Um, Sorry, may be carried. And the tebin, the hay, hay may not be carried. But let me just quickly make sure that I'm right. I'm going to open something just to make sure that I'm not making a mistake. Yeah, so the paga may be carried and it, even though it's, uh, so it may be carried, or um, also may be carried, you may stick it with a kush or katkad and carry it with a kush and the katkad. Even though the hay and the hot coal, the burning coals, are not allowed to be touched on Shabbat, um, these things that are on top of them may, even though they, the other things that are not allowed to be touched, move a little. Another example on brings, a um, beets or radishes that were covered in the ground, and a little bit of their leaves were coming out of the ground, you may pick them up pulling on their leaves, even though the ground next to them moves and the ground is not permitted to touch on Shabbat, it is permitted because you're doing it through the thing that is permitted to be touched on Shabbat. However, if you had something that was permitted on top of something that was not permitted and you wanted the not permitted object. So for example, you had a piece of bread or a baby on top of a stone or on top of a wooden beam. You are now allowed to carry the stone and the wooden beam by virtue of the permitted things. Hence, the baby and the bread that are on top of them and anything like the examples given here. Hmm. Hmm. A person, an individual, may pick up his son. That he has um, feelings towards him. Okay. Uh, that, that the son has feelings towards his father. Even if the son has a stone in his hand. However, not if the son, the case is not such if the son has money in his hand, or some kind of coin. <laughs> because if the coin falls, and a dinar is an expensive coin, specifically, then the father, if the coin falls from the child's hands, then the father will pick up the coin. <laughs> a basket that had a hole in it. So he had a hole in it, and he covered the hole, and he... And he he fixed the hole with a stone by putting a stone into it. It is permitted to carry this kalkala, even though the stone is not permitted. Because the stone becomes like a part of the basket, like part of the basket's walls. So if the basket was full of fruits, and there was a stone within the fruits, in, inside the fruits, mixed in. If the fruits were wet, okay, they were wet fruits like um, uh, like grapes or 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 strawberries or any fruit that's wet. He may pick up the basket because if the fruits get moved, if now he starts moving the fruits, they will get um, dirty from the stone. And Bimkumef said, "Look, as In a case like that. Which, if the stone, if whatever's inside ruins uh, the thing that is mutar to carry, the thing that is asud may ruin the thing that is mutar. If, if the both are moved, then it is mutar to um, carry this. Halakha <laughs> Habit. A barrel. She al al sidah A barrel that he forgot a stone on top of it. The person may move the barrel to the side, may tilt the barrel sideways and the stone falls off on its own. <speaking in Hebrew> if, however, if the stone was in between the barrels, <speaking in Hebrew> now we have a bunch of barrels, and in one of the middle of barrels, one of the barrels that are inside the the, the rows of barrels, there's a stone that's on top of it. Then he may pick up the barrel outside. And we're not talking about a giant barrel, obviously. We're talking about a smaller barrel that could be picked up with a, by a person. And he may pick up the barrel outside of the the barrels, uh, in the middle of the barrels, put it where he needs to, while the stone is still on top of it, and then tilt it sideways and allow the stone to fall off. Also, Somebody forgets uh, coins on a pillow and he needs the pillow, which is something that's mutar to pick up, he may move the, he may pick up the pillow, and allow the coins to fall off on their own, and if he needed the place where the pillow was, he may even pick up the pillow, with the coins on top of it, and he doesn't have to make the coins fall off. However, if he put the coins in the pillow, before Shabbat, before Shabbat, he put the stone on the barrel. These are not permitted to be carried on Shabbat, even if they fell um, off them, because as we said, anything that was not permitted to be carried in Ben Hashem Ashot is not permitted to be carried the rest of Shabbat. We will see a little bit more on what Basis Asur means in the following halachot. Basis Asur means something that is holding something that is um, prohibited Ben Hashem Ashot. Halakha yodhit. Ha'evan shhibi kiruyeha. Miha. Basisla da varas. Yeah, exact it's something that it was holding something that was prohibited to be held. Um, and therefore it itself becomes prohibited to be held. As long as it was like that Benashot. If it was like that after Benashot, we'll see maybe the case is a little different. Halakha yodhit. Ha evan shibikiru yeha ime malain bahave in nano shibikiruya, okay, a stone. That is tried. they used to have what's called a kiriyah, a dried pumpkin that was used as a bucket to bring up water from a well. And the stone inside it, and there was a stone inside it there to make the pumpkin heavier, thus allowing it to enter the water that is in the well in an easier fashion. So this is, of course, a condition. So in this thing, so we have an evanship kiriyah, It is permitted to use this kiruya, this pumpkin, this dried pumpkin, to pick up water from the well, as long on condition that the stone will not fall off it when picked up. However, if the stone will fall out, because the stone is not considered connected to the kiruya. Also, if you have a cloth that is on top of a kane, a kane is a stick, some type of stick, that is not allowed to be carried on Shabbat. If you have a cloth on it, you may ca- take the cloth off it. Halacha <laughs> yotet perot perot fruits that are prohibited from being eaten, like fruits that were not made to terumatum aserot on them. There is, according to the Halakha, in Eretz Israel, and, um, it is and also out of Eretz Yisrael from the oraita from the scriptural law, it there is a, um, a positive precept commandment. Um, that fruits that, we pick, that that are picked from the tree, once brought into the private domain, into the person's house, must be done And there must there must be a certain a certain um, portion of the fruit must be taken out for what's called to give to the Kohen, to the Levi, to the Kohen, Ma'aserishon is to the Levi is, is, is a certain portion that you give to Levi. Ma'asir maaser are other portions that are to be taken out based on the year in the Shemitah cycle. So, so this is just a little introduction for our halakha. So, fruits that are not permitted to be eaten. If the fruit wasn't done to it is eaten, it is called Tebel and it's prohibited to be eaten. Like, even if they only need from the sages, meaning from the Rabbana, not from the Torah, like out of Israel or like demai, like fruits that we're not sure if they were or not. Or, what is called ma'aserishon, the portion that's given to the Le- Le- Levi. Yeah, out of that portion was not taken out. The portion to give to the Kohen, it is prohibited to eat. Or terumah, the portion that was taken out of the fruits, and it became unpure. That is called terumah, it is not prohibited to eat. Or maaser sheni, which is a certain portion that has to be taken out of the fruit and eaten in Jerusalem, okay? Or hekdesh, also it's a fruit that somebody makdesh that somebody gives. He says this, he's going to give it to Bet Hamikdash, and then he decides to take out this maaser sheni or hekdesh and switch them for money so that he can take the money to Jerusalem instead and and buy fruits there and eat the and eat with the money of the fruits it's something called pidayon you have to do what's called pidayon where you take this for instance for example you have 10 apples of ma'asir sheni that you're supposed to eat them in jerusalem however if you walk all the way to jerusalem with the apples they will rot so you may do what's called pidayon switch the apples for money in a certain way and go with the money to yerushalayim and eat them so if they were not if the pidayon the switching was not done in the proper manner it is prohibited to carry all of these aforementioned things that are not allowed to be eaten by any by everybody are prohibited to be carried. However, the demai, which has which is um something that we're not sure whether or not the Tirumotu masrot were taken out of it. So because we're not sure, it's called demai, it is allowed to be eaten by the Anim because it's safik. And even ma'asershani and that were done Okay. In a proper manner, however, the tax that we have every time we do pidayon masan there's a certain tax of homish of 25% that comes out. It there's a machlok, at what how much exact taxes, it's a certain amount of tax. So even though the pidayon was done, the tax wasn't done, it is still mutar to carry these on Shabbat. In any event, the guiding rule for this law is that any fruits that are not allowed to be eaten are therefore not allowed to be carried. Okay? And we will see a little bit more here, halakhah kaf. Israela terumah. An Israelite may carry Teruma. Teruma is only fit for consumption by kohanim, but an Israelite, in, uh, somebody who's not a kohan, or not a levi, may carry it, uh, not a kohan, may carry the terumah. in uyalo, because even though it's not um, edible by him, it is edible by a kohan. Or in maholin, imayushenehem b'chliyad. Also, terumat which we said is prohibited to be carried, may be carried with terumat tehora, or with holin, or with regular fruits that are not um, edible at all, if they were both in one basket. But debarim mamurim. Harav is now going to specify. ve'yu So we're talking about a basket that, on the bottom of the basket, you have what's called teruma teme'ah. You have impure teruma, which is not allowed to be carried on shabbat and on top of it you have fruits that if we take these fruits off it they will get ruined okay sorry and these fruits of are fruits that if you take out, that if you somehow get them out of the basket they will get ruined okay so in this case you may Carry the whole basket, even though it's mixed. You have on the bottom. mehila the fruits that are on top are the t- are permitted to be carried, and the fruits on the bottom. I'm going to go over the fruits on the top are permitted to be carried. Fruits that are permitted to be carried, and the fruits on the bottom are terumatimah, which are not permitted to be carried. And the fruits on top, if you take them out, they will get ruined. So it is permitted to carry the whole basket. Aval, However, if the fruits on top were um, almonds or nuts and things that can can be taken out and not and they will not get ruined. Taken off in a haphazard way, you may um, uh, you may just take out. You have the the way to do it is you take out the things that are allowed to be carried and you leave the things that are not allowed to be carried. However, if you needed the place which that basket was taking, that vessel was taking, it doesn't matter what was on top, what was on the bottom, the whole thing may be carried as one vessel. A wall of stones, okay, that were one on top of the other. Or bricks made for building use that he thought of it from the daytime to use for some specific use. If if they were set up already in advance before Shabbat, they may be sit on on Shabbat. However, if they were not set up to sit on on Shabbat, they were you know uh, scattered stones. You may not sit on them. dekel le'asim. So, this halacha is starting what's very important, um, a very important rule of the carrying of something which is would normally be prohibited to carry on Shabbat, but because you um, set it up in a certain way before Shabbat, it is permitted to be carried on Shabbat. Now we're specifying. So, uh, a line of stones that were set up one on top of the other normally would be pro- prohibited to carry on Shabbat. However, if you set it up before Shabbat, in a manner that that allows him to sit on it on Shabbat. And he thought to sit on it before Shabbat, those two things, that he may sit on it on Shabbat. Um, Palm leaves, okay, that, uh, the leaves of a day tree, that he used them, um, he took off the leaves from the sides and had only the sticks. And he wanted to sit on them as like a mat, on, sorry, he wanted to sit on these palm leaves. Forget about what I said previously with the palms Regular palm leaves with their leaves and everything. He wanted to sit on them on, on Shabbat. If he thought of them before Shabbat to sit on, he may. Also, it's enough that for these palm leaves that he used them before Shabbat, even without thinking of them, he used them prior to Shabbat, he still may use them on Shabbat. Halakha hay that is on a bed. And hay is He may not um, take it out with his hand, like take it off the bed with his hand in a way that he would normally do it, but rather he may, with his body, get on the bed and move it in a way that is not normally Used in the weekdays. However, if this hay was fit for animal consumption, it may be carried, as we said in the previous in the introduction to this chapter, that food that is fit for human for human and animal or animal consumption may be carried on Shabbat. Also, if there was a pillow or a sheet on the hay. Okay? He may um, move the hay with his hand um, because it is as though he used the hay and in his mind it was, and now it is usable on Shabbat, meaning carryable on Shabbat. Somebody who has a jar or, or a vessel holding dirt and he brings it into his house. If he made a special, specific spot for this jar of dirt um, um, prior to Shabbat, then he may carry it on Shabbat and do whatever he needs to do with it. Now, these past two dinim, um, Rambam set them in a way that each one of these dinim, we have about four laws here, they teach us something that the other did not. And I'm just going to read this, I'm I'm going to tell you a summary um, based on what I uh, saw in Yad Peshuta, which is a fantastic commentary written by Rabbi Nahum Rabinowitz, um, And I must mention here that I use his commentary a lot. many of the perushim I give here in these classes that I give are from his commentary. Um, so I must give that credit. It um, is. So here, this is one thing I saw in his perush. So. In these previous two halachot, we read four different types of cases. The first one was something that was mukseh in the individual's mind, like a wall of stones that were meant to be built with. Even if he used them before Shabbat, which is usually a sufficient action to make them allowed to be used, carried on Shabbat, they need to have another action done to them to, so to speak, prove that they are not mukseh and that they have some sort of permitted use. So again, their usage is completely not permitted, it's completely prohibited. He has to do two things in order to make them prohibited. The first one is in his mind, the second is to do something active to them. The second law that we saw here in these past two halachot is something that was already put into usage, but its usage is equally allowed and equally forbidden. It can be put into usage if it's thought of being used from Ben Hashem Ashot. That is enough to make it permitted because it's equally allowed and equally forbidden. As long as you think of it in ben, during Ben Hashem Ashot that you want to use it, you may use it. The third thing we saw is something that was used, okay? It was already used for a permitted for permissible action and was equally forbidden and allowed in its usage. And there is no other thing that can be done to it physically to change the way it looks or to change something exterior in it it may be put into allowed usage as long as there is external proof that it it is um, that it is special for um, uh, permitted use. Now the fourth and last final thing we saw here was something that cannot be transformed into being permitted for usage can be allowed if it is put in a specific spot Prior to the Shabbat, like the sand we saw. You have a jar of sand it's completely prohibited. If you put it in a specific spot before Shabbat, then it may in that case be used on Shabbat. Halacha <laughs> kafdalit. So it's very important. The summary I just read. Really, I would go over it. I i would, I would highly recommend listening to it again. Um, just to understand these dinim. Halacha <laughs> kafdalit. It is permitted to put a vessel under a leak. And if the vessel was filled with the leak, with whatever was leaking, he may spill it and put it again to refill. And he does not have to um, abstain from doing so. And this is on condition. That whatever the, was leaking into this instrument, into this vessel is usable for showering, for, uh, for, uh, sorry, for rinsing a, a human being. However, if it was not usable for the rinsing of a person, it may not be put, uh, he may not put this keli, this vessel, under the leak. imnatan however if you already put the keli, the vessel under a leak of water that is not um, uh, so that is not usable for rinsing purposes he may carry the vessel because in it is not allowed to make a um, vessel for um, uh, disgusting thing for disgusting uh, materials from the get-go, but if he already did it, if it was already done, then it is allowed. So I would read it, if I had to read this in Hebrew, I would add a few words in parentheses for myself. Okay, that, that doesn't say it here, but it that is what an Bam means. <laughs> now we're going to be talking about the laws of, um, we were just talking about, sorry, in this past halakhot, the laws of bitul keli mihekhano. It's a halacha, and I'm going to go back. I, I lost focus here. I did skip a halacha and I will go back now. So it's in the machon Memres side it's halakhah kafbet. In the Makbil, in Yochai Makbili's book, it is halakha. Um, so I'll read again because it's important. We're talking now about the rules of bitul keli khano, the cancelling of a vessel from its original um, use or from being used. Asur keli khano, it is prohibited to cancel a vessel, a keli, from its use. Because this is like setira, which is a melacha. It's close to that melacha. It looks like it. Kesa, how? It's prohibited to put a vessel under um, a leaking candle on Shabbat to receive the oil because when the oil falls into this vessel it will make the vessel prohibited from use as that oil was prohibited also from use, and therefore that is what we call anything to the like. Also, as well, it is prohibited to put a uh, vessel under a chicken to um, so that the chicken lays its eggs into that vessel, because an egg is what we call because during Ben it did not exist, we did not know about it, now it is prohibited. There's a lot on that in El Choti Yom Tov, or in Yom Tov, Besa, um, that is a very long soubhya, in any event, the haram bams pisak is that the egg that comes out of a chicken on Shabbat is prohibited. However, he may put the vessel to cover the egg. Also, you may cover something that is not allowed to be carried with something that is you, with a vessel because you're not putting it in the vessel, you're, however, you're, co- you're taking the vessel and putting it on top. It's like taking a bowl and covering. Uh, I don't know, uh, an egg with it, okay? So you're covering the egg. The egg isn't in the bowl. The bowl isn't carrying the egg. The bowl is on top of it, okay? So that it does not get ruined or broken, etc. I'm just going to read this halacha and lightly translate because I already um, explained it. Halacha a person may, put, an individual may put a, uh, insta- a vessel under a leak because if the vessel gets filled, and, and and when the vessel gets filled, he may spill it and put it again and not abstain from doing so. This is as long as whatever is leaking is um, u- is usable for rinsing. However, if it is not usable for the rinsing of a person, he may not put it. Um, However, if you already put it. With um a leak that is not per, um, usable for you for fit for human rinsing, he still nevertheless may carry the vessel. <laughs> because you may not make a um from the get go, but if it was already made, it may be carried. <laughs> A barrel holding tebel, holding fruits that are not permitted to eat at all, because they were not made. So a barrel like this that broke. And now the, the fruits are falling out. The person, an individual, may, be a vessel, may bring a vessel to put under this to catch the fruits. And this is, this is a very odd thing. Supposedly it looks like we'll see why it's mutar, why it's permitted. Because the rule is that if somebody did terumotu ma'asrot on fruits that were tebel, he did the ma'asrot on Shabbat against the law. The ma'asrot stick, and therefore, in a case like this where the fruits are getting scattered all over the place because of the broken barrel, you may put something under to catch the fruits. Also, it is permitted to put a vessel under the candle to take, to catch, not the oil, but to catch the um f- the flames that were the uh, little, um, nisosot, what do you call them? Uh, um uh, Like, not flames, but like sparks, the sparks that come out because they're not, they don't have any tangi- they're not anything tangible, and he's just putting the vessel there to catch that, to stop them from burning perhaps a house from burning anything that is in, in their vicinity. A beam that was broken, and a beam now is something that is a sur to carry, a beam that has no apparent use, that had no Torah keli alav, so it didn't, did not have any, it was not allowed to be carried on Shabbat. It is not permitted to be held with any uh, with uh, any wooden beam, any wood, wood that was allowed to be carried um, to be carried. So we have a big wooden beam that was broken. You're not allowed to put something under it to hold it, because that is bitul keli Unless um, the broken beam was, uh, unless putting these kalim under the broken beam was done in a manner that these kalim could be easily taken out, and then it is not betul keli mehchano. Uforisin machselet al gabe avani b'shabbat. Also it is permitted to put a mat on top of stones on Shabbat to to, uh, prevent people from getting hurt or on top of a beehive in the summer to prevent the, the sun from harming it or in the winter to prevent the rain from harming it as long as he does not have an intent to do hunting. And this is not... As well. because um, the mat is on top of the kelly, not under the keli held by the not permitted Kelly. and therefore it is not a bitul keli. Also, it is permitted to put an upside-down basket next to baby chickens, um, I forgot what you call them, baby chicks, um, so that they can go up on, on top of it and down, um, so to speak, to play on. Um, because anytime you want to, you can pick it up as long as the chickens aren't on it, and they are usually they come on it and off it, and therefore when they're off it, you can immediately pick it up. Um, anything um like this is mutar. Our halacha, kafvav, or final halakha for this chapter. Um behemashina filala bor ole amata An animal that fell into a pit or into a water, um, some sort of, uh, you know, little river, okay? And it can't get out. And the animal cannot get out. It's stuck. Meaning it's it's in its place and it has to be taken out. You have to physically pick it up in order to take it out. We said it's not allowed to take out animal to pick up animals physically on Shabbat. So, the conditions are like this. If you could feed the animal in the current situation that it is in, you may you have to feed it until Moshe Shabbat, and only then can you carry it out. Of course, this is all in the case that there is no al um, no serious pain to the animals. However, if this cannot be done, if the food cannot be brought to the animal in its current in the situation in which it is in. He may put um, uh, pillows and and different uh, things and objects under it that are permitted to carry, throw and put them under the animal so that the animal can come out of its situation. And if it comes out, it comes out. Um, because, and we're saying this is mutar, even though by throwing the pillows under the animal, you're doing what's called bitul you're cancelling a vessel from its original use, from its usage, from its ability to be used, because you're having an animal on it, and we said that animals are muqseh completely, you're not allowed to pick, up, pick them up at all. Because of Sa'ad Ba'alei haim it was permitted. But nevertheless, it is forbidden to pick up the animal by hand. in and apparently also if there's Sa'ad Ba'alei haim um, also, you're not allowed to pick up an animal with your hand, but you're allowed to push it um, with your hand to, so to speak, guide it to go to a certain place that you want to have it. Also, baby um, uh, calves and, um, and 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 things like that may be also, um, so to speak, pulled. And the direction you want them to go, but you may not pick them up. <laughs> A chicken that ran away from its coop may not be picked, may not be what's called medudet. You can't like uh, pick it up haphazardly and let it walk on its own, like guide it walking, because it falls out of the hand, and when you when it falls out of the hand you do what's called telisha. Its, its feathers may come out of the place, and then you're doing telisha, which is a surah on Shabbat, you may push it, not to didui, you may push it physically with your hand, not ca- like half-hazardly carry it, and allow it to walk while you're guiding it, um, you may push it uh, to where you want it, until it enters the cook. Um and this is the end of our chapter for today, baruch olam Amen. amin amen.